Hi. Okay. It's been a minute. It's always been a minute when I come back on here. So sorry. How's everyone doing? I am full of energy today. Like literally the Energizer Bunny. I don't know if it's because it's finally cooled down a little bit here in Toronto. We had an insane heat wave. And then I was in New York before that and it was just so hot. And I don't think I'm a person that thrives in heat and I am accepting that. I mean, I like it when it's warm, but when you just can't be outside because you feel like you're melting. Yeah, that's not me and it sucks. Anyways, I hope everyone is having a great day today, morning, evening, night. I don't know what time it is, but it's been a while since we last spoke and just checking in on how things have been this summer they have been so much fun and full of adventure and i don't know i'm just like really excited for the next couple of months let me think of like any updates nothing crazy i'm going to be taking off august to kind of like calm down relax enjoy the weather not work as hard Um, when i say enjoy the weather (laughs) i know i was just complaining about the weather but more so just taking some time to myself and reflect and slow down and see how i want you know the next half of the year to kind of go and yeah so an update on the books that i've been reading so i have never been more chaotic in terms of my reading schedule. I've been doing three books at a time because I notice I need a little bit of everything in my life. So I'm still working my way through Becoming Supernatural with Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I am becoming obsessed with. I re-listened to so many podcasts with him and YouTube videos, just listening to him talk and doing some meditation. So wonderful. I highly recommend for those listening who kind of want to get a little bit more in touch and tune with learning about meditation and a little bit deeper to manifestation and the quantum, all all the nitty gritty. He is the guy. Also reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is kind of like, you know, an intro to investing, money, health, you know, financial wellness, super big. That's been like a huge thing for me the past two years. So Finally, getting around to reading that book, love it. And also reading Think Again by Adam Grant. So I'm sure you have seen his Instagram account. He posts like screenshots of his Twitter captions. He is an incredible, I can't correct, I think he's a psychologist, but basically the whole book is around being okay with changing your opinions and kind of like how that formulates in our brain and how we dissect it and you know how even formulating an opinion happens and kind of like going back and really digesting it and yeah I literally am like only four five chapters in but I'm really enjoying it so far so that's just a little bit of what I'm reading and what have I okay another thing that I've noticed I'm kind of like getting really, so this is something that happened to me a couple of, I want to say now it's been like a month and a half ago. It was raining outside 
And I was really like bummed out because I was walking home and it was kind of like a torrential downpour. So I went inside, let the rain calm down just a little bit. And I had this most incredible, euphoric, meditative experience with nature. And ever since then, so sorry, let me go back to the story. Sorry, my brain. So I'm walking and the rain kind of like stops, but it's slightly drizzling. And then I see this most incredible, insanely beautiful rainbow. And I just started bawling my eyes out because I felt like this immense sense of like gratitude and appreciation for life. And like, literally I was not on anything. I literally was not on anything, but it was like mother nature made me high. And it was like, it was crazy. So, so many people were taking photos around me. I obviously took a video. It's on my TikTok that no one ever sees, but yeah. And so ever since then, if I'm walking through like a little park, like a parquet or a little forest, I just start crying. And I don't know why. I think it's because like the earth is so beautiful and nature is so incredible. Like I cannot believe we are alive right now. Like I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. So I'm not even like feeling cringe about this. And yeah, it's just, I'm kind of obsessed with the earth right now. And NASA shared those photos two weeks ago of like, you know, the solar system. And I'm telling you right now, I cried for two days straight. I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, it's beautiful. I don't mind it. I love it. If anyone listening has felt similarly in the past couple weeks specifically, let me know. I really think it's something in the air and I'm here for it. Okay, so I'm really excited for the next couple episodes because I am just sitting down with people who I love. And I mean, I love everyone I sit down with, but I'm kind of just like, we're just going row with our interviews and I, I, I love it. So I'm sitting down with a friend of mine. His name is Matthew Ravenscroft. He is at the dirty Raven on Instagram. He is a plant-based chef here in Toronto and I love Matt. He is so much fun. Like when I mean he makes cooking fun It's like, I just love watching him cook. I love watching him talk about food. He brings plant-based foods in a really fun and educational way. Um, If you don't follow him, I suggest just checking his page out. He's great. He's jokes. So I brought him on just to kind of talk about his start in the industry with food as a chef. I mean, he's worked in the service industry for quite some time before he actually started cooking himself. We talk about his tradition, like his transition into plant-based foods and kind of the the importance of, you know, taking care of yourself. He is someone who's incredibly mindful in all that he does. And he shares that um, in this interview. He is also a brand new dad. So we talk about that and how that's been, how the last couple months has been. And I mean, yeah, if you are in Toronto, definitely check out his restaurant, Gia or Gia. I never pronounce things properly. I think my little intro doesn't even do the interview justice. I hope you have a lot of fun listening because I had a lot of fun chatting. And that is it. Now to our episode. 
Before we get into that episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. Darai Home creates thoughtfully designed home products made of denominaceous earth, a naturally occurring mineral that dries instantly thanks to its ability to hold up to 150% of its weight and moisture. Not only do I love the way Darai's products look in my home, but I don't have to worry about my kitchen and bathroom being breeding grounds for harmful mold and bacteria. Plus, I love that all Darai's products are made from sustainable and natural materials so I feel better about what I'm buying. You can shop instant drying bath mats, dish pads, and more on dryhome.com. And Lemon Water listeners, you get 15% off your purchase with code LEMONWATER15. Now to our episode. Hi, Matthew. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. You know, the sun is out and I'm having a coffee and that's perfect to me. Okay. Well, how's your morning going? It's it's actually great. We got our son like a little car that he can sit in and I push him around and that is an obsession that I w- go to sleep waiting for. So that's what we did this morning. First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, he wakes up, we bust out the car, he hyperventilates and freaks out because he's so excited. And then we get in the car and I, you know, I'm, I'm his scrud. I'm hanging in the passenger side yeah. of his best friend's ride and we're just hanging out. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. Well, I'm also so excited to have you on today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation just because I think you are such a fun person and you bring like a breath of fresh air just into the industry and into the space. But before we kind of get into it, I just want you to kind of introduce who you are and what you do for listeners who may not be familiar with you. Right. Technically, my title is a culinary director for Gia Restaurant located in the West End of Toronto, which is great. It's very close to my house. and I like that. But what I do is basically all I want to do is get people excited about eating vegetables over and over and over again and like celebrating eating vegetables in and of themselves, period. And you're always so joyful. Before you started cooking, and being a chef and working in the food space, what were you doing? Yeah, I've worked in a restaurant uh, actually my whole life. It was my first job. Uh, I worked in a, a pub that also on Saturdays, the back room turned into a swingers club, which I thought was very fascinating. And working in a restaurant just allowed me to be like my truest, shittiest self, basically. Let all teenagers love to be like, you could smoke pot and you could smoke cigarettes and you could stay out late. And How old were you? I'd be like 13, 14 years old. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you could listen to loud music and, and I worked with some real characters and I was a dishwasher. But before I really started like cooking, I'm going to air quote it, working in like um, what I would say is like not a bar restaurant environment. I was applying to be a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher either at like a university level, which seems lofty and, and exhausting now. I don't know if it would be for me or a high school teacher, because I had a great high school teacher that really put me on somewhat of a track. And I wanted to do that. And I was applying for my master's and I totally just like stopped uh, when I started cooking and really fell into things. So were you cooking on the side? I was cooking because I thought you made money, which the place I worked at at the time, you actually did make pretty good money, but I worked a lot. And I was cooking to kind of like save up and pay for my master's. And then I stopped, uh, I stopped applying. Just, it just dropped off for me. And it just made sense to kind of like stick with it. 
it made sense because I, I found something that was infinitely challenging because I was really bad at cooking. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, that just goes to show anyone you can be bad at cooking and just become a really incredible chef. <laughs> yes. Thank God for a smartphone because I would say I could go get something and I would Google what does oregano look like? I have, I had no concept of food. I'd never eaten avocado until I was maybe 21, 22, no pineapple sour cream made me sick like i was just i lived in a very small world from a culinary perspective and only ate foods when the place i grew up in got that restaurant but my parents always encouraged that so yeah thank god for a blackberry they kept me they kept they kept me in a job for a while i was literally just reading a new book called think again but he literally there's like almost a chapter dedicated to the blackberry and how it like changed our lives and all this and i was like wait i didn't even know that blackberry was the first smartphone device that you could send an email on i just assumed like yeah. even with flip phones you could send an email but it was just like difficult i didn't realize that yeah, it, it, I seriously, I, I would have to look up like Google, like, how do you make soup? And then I would look, like, read it and then I would make a soup for work because that was my job. Oh my God. Okay. So shout out Blackberry. <laughs> Can we talk about how you got your name? Yeah. It's a, it's a question that comes up all the time. Because like, you're definitely not dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's so true. This is at a time if we could all take a step back when we didn't know that social media was forever. <laughs> so I would be like 19 maybe in university and I just was a poser and like wanted to be cool. And I love, there's a certain hardcore band and okay. the album that I love is called The Big Dirty. And it's, it, it like, it changed my life. It changed oh my like how I listened to music and like everything about it. And um, I was obsessed with the album. And when I had to come up with a Twitter handle, I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what a Twitter handle is. So I just typed that in. I was like, the Dirty Raven. No one has it. I will take, I think someone had Matthew Raven's prompt already. Okay. And so I took it and then I never changed it because at some point I was told that if you ever change your handle, you lose engagement, which is jokes because it would be like, I'm like, will the 500 people not follow me anymore? Like I didn't understand that. So I never changed it. And now it has grown into another thing that is bigger than me, it feels like. And then I can't change. And there is an at Matthew Ravenscroft. It's like a part of you. It's like so much yeah. part of you that you can't cut ties. Yeah. If you work at Instagram and you know that they're at Matthew Ravenscroft, it's a dead account. I've seen it. I message the person. I want the account name. Oh, is it like dead? Like there's no one. Like they don't it. post on it. Oh my. They do not post on it. And I want that account. Well, we want a lot of money for it. Yeah, it's being held at ransom. Once the doge <laughs> hits their account, they will then transfer it. It's now it's just become, yeah, it's it's like, it's kind of jokey in the sense that it's like, yeah, that's not who I am. And it creates a mixed perception, but almost in like a funny way. Like yeah. my, my aesthetic is like big, scary looking person, but I'm also just like a huge soft human who loves vegetables. I think your social is very, you're so inviting and like, you make everything you talk about so fun and approachable with like so much energy. I don't know. I think you have somewhat, you're someone with like a lot of energy and you're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I do have a lot of energy. I would say the narrative in my social would be like a 16 year old suburban girl. And just like, it's like, Hey bestie, get in. We're going to have some broccoli now. And like, that's the whole, and like, I think it's funny. Like, I think it's funny and I think it's engaging and I think it's totally different than what everyone else 
is offering in a plant-based world and and like that's what makes it enjoyable for me as well like i think i laugh i literally i think i I go on the internet and look at my own things and i laugh to myself and i'm like this is so this is this is for me okay like when you're like making videos is kate by the way kate is his wife who we love so dearly um does kate like sit in the living room and she just die at what's happening probably doesn't die she's probably more like what the hell are you doing for a while i was dancing with vegetables and kate's like what is that and then i would post it or she'd be upstairs and hear noises and then dance and then post it and she sees it she's like what is this person doing i've done a photo shoot where i'm dressed in a carrot costume like running around she's probably confused and like why did i do this and i'm like rubbing my temples right now uh to show what kate's reaction is but your son is probably gonna be obsessed with it like, especially during his toddler years, like you were going to make his life. Yeah, I think I, I would like that to eventually be, you know, we've talked about that, like my biggest dreams was like being on Lemon Water and then being on Sesame Street. So I've, I'm, I'm, I'm accomplishing one right now. Sesame Street can get at me after this. I actually turned away Sesame Street to do this <laughs> podcast. It was scheduled for the same day. I turned it away. We're here now. And like, yeah, I want Logan to get excited. I'm getting a six pack right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want Logan to get excited because that's how my like my parents made it made food like kind of fun and interesting. And they would take me grocery shopping and they we didn't eat a lot of different things, but like they they knew how to get kids into it and get like I cooked from a young age because I was interested in it. So So you cooked from a young age, but you weren't good at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, here's a sloppy ass stir fry soaking in sauce. Like, have fun. It tastes the same every time. But it still gets comfortable in the kitchen, which I think is like super important. Yeah, I used to make this soup for my dad that probably gave him food poisoning 13 times. It was uh, milk and frozen corn and raw bacon boiled together with too much cayenne and probably salt. And he he ate it. Like, I'm amazed the guy made it through the bowl of botulism. He pushed through it every time. I wanted to make chowder. I was like, I'm making chowder for you. And, and we would eat it. We love a supportive parent. Okay, but so moving away from the bacon, how did you find yourself shifting towards a plant-based diet? I know pre-pandemic lifestyle, you also, you know, you had another restaurant that was also plant-based focused. So when did that come about? How did you kind of make that, you know, that make that transition into just adopting like more plants into your lifestyle? Why all of that? I want to know it all. I think so many people are doing it now more and more since there are so many different like options available, but for you yourself, what was your journey like? Um, I used to work for a small chef that few people have heard of named Maddie Matheson at Parts and Labor. Uh, really hungry, up and coming, totally un- unknown. And uh, we we cooked a lot of meat. Like, like I've smuggled horse ribs into New York uh, with him for, for dinners and stuff. But what he was really good at as well was like a vegetable dish was like the most vegetable dish it could be. Like a plate of carrots was like treated with a lot of care and, and really exploding with flavor. And that, that really was the first instance where I'd seen that. Like it really blew my mind that you could do that. And then I had started working uh, in their catering offsite and I really wanted to know why people wouldn't eat vegetables. Like we would go to events, I'd make a vegan alternative, people didn't want it. And I was like, why it's free? Like it's this free vegetable. Like you don't even want this. Like, what do you mean? You're not paying for it. So spitefully then I just stopped making omnivore dishes and I only started bringing vegan things. I was just like, you're going to fucking eat this vegetable and like I'm forcing it on you. You have, you have to now. 
yeah, I was very, I was very curious how far I could get, get away with that. And once people would have it, we could see the gears were turning, like people were interested in it and excited about it. You just had to kind of get them to the water and get them to take a little sip from the cup. And then they were totally into it. So that kind of got it going. I was like, okay, there's a lot of plants that exist in the world that you can eat, but a lot of people don't know about it, including myself for a long time. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know how to cook and didn't understand what a sunchoke was. Like, what is that? People still don't know. I don't think I know what that is. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, it's like a really uptown, funky kind of potato that is like kind of sugary and nutty and it grows in the ground. It's very beautiful and alien-like. But that started me into cooking vegetables. I believe that like this was going to kind of be the future of how people eat. I think there's a huge biodiversity that's totally untapped and that there's something really invigorating and interesting. I wanted to understand how to make carrots as good as a steak and get people to get really excited about it. Cause I know a lot of people who cook it amazing and there are people whose thing that is. And I love that like go off, but not me. I really want you to be like that head of broccoli was nuts. And I want to eat that again because people can cook a steak. But if you're a home cook and you can cook vegetables really well, when I eat your food, I'm like, you are good at cooking. I know people who can cook a steak perfectly, but can't cook an egg. People who can cook a piece of salmon, but a bowl of cereal lights on fire for them. Like, I want to understand how to get a carrot that gets you so revved up that you wake up thinking about it again. Because like, I've had that carrot before. I talk about carrots a lot. It's a great benchmark. I love a carrot. So I kind of got into that and started, started pursuing that and started totally vegetable cooking because it's also a nice box to work within because it's very constricting. So it, you have to get good at doing it with no, there's nothing to hide behind. I think our palates love meat and salt and fat and stuff like that. So it's like, when we get rid of that, how do you make a carrot or a piece of broccoli taste that exciting? And then I was like, wait, I'm selling this idea and cooking this way. Like I obviously know how to do this. Why don't I just do it as well? And I had read that it's like the single highest impact thing you can do from an environmental standpoint. The validity of that, I think, could be up for debate depending on what you eat and where you get your food from and sourcing it. But it just turned something in, in my brain. I was like, I'm just going to do this. And like, I want to see how it feels. I was vegan when I was in high school, like hard, really? hard capital V vegan, no honey, no like, yeah. Oh my God. So it's come back. Like, I, I think I read something once that you revert back to your high school self in a lot of ways, like your music stuff. And like, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of back in there. Like I'm less rigid in what I eat, but yeah. I, I listen to the same music. I maybe hopefully dress a little better than I did in high school, but but yeah, my diet's kind of returned back to that for similar reasons, this one being largely environmental. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's where we are. I feel better. Have you like, noticed like a physical change, like a mental yeah. change, just like switching to vegetables? Yeah, I used to, I used to feel very lethargic. And granted, I was also not living my cleanest life in terms of all my extracurriculars. But I definitely feel my poops are amazing. Let me tell you, like, it's incredible. And all the fiber, all the fiber. It's I, I yeah, you know, it, it looks very healthy. And down there. And that's great. And, and I definitely feel better. I will say, you know, this is not for everyone. And there are people who have tried it, it doesn't work for them. And it's like, you have to listen to your body and what your body wants and what your body is responding positively to. If it doesn't make you feel good. Do not do that. Uh, and this makes me feel good. And it works for me. And I love it. It brings me a lot of joy. So I've just maintained it in a less rigid sense. Yeah, I'm like 90 95%. And it, it works. 
taking a quick break from that episode with a message from our sponsors. Dorai Home creates thoughtfully designed home products made of diametaceous earth. Wow, that is definitely a mouthful. It's a naturally occurring mineral that dries instantly thanks to its ability to hold up to 150% of its weight and moisture. With Dorai, you can say goodbye to your outdated, always damp carpet, bath mat, or soggy dish towels that always feel wet, smell like mildew, and breathe unhealthy mold and bacteria. I used a carpet bath mat in my bathroom for the longest time and it was always wet. I had to wash it constantly and it honestly was such an eyesore. I've switched to dry bath mat and it loves, it loves, I love how quickly it dries. It fits perfectly with my minimal decor. And I love that all of Dry's products are made from a sustainable and natural material, so I feel better about what I'm buying. You can shop instant drying bath mats, dish pads, and more on dryhome.com. And Lemon Water listeners, you get 15% off your purchase with Lemon Water 15. Now, back to our episode. And okay, so we were at an event last week. That's where we like ran into each other after not seeing each other for a while. And Matt cooked this like, incredible vegan meal and it was like we had like three different you know we had a starter we had an app like we had two starters and a main and I couldn't believe it was all plant-based because there were so many creamy elements to it as well but what I want to say is like I think you're really good at making things when I say accessible and approachable it's like everyone can do it at home and it's just like teaching and showing people that. So what was the importance for you to like, not only have a restaurant setting where people can come and enjoy incredible plant-based foods, but Hey, you can do this at home. Like what did you think? Maybe there was like a miss in the mark before in the industry. Cause there were so many vegan plant-based restaurants that opened yours, for example. And it's like, how did you kind of, it's like a very long tangent question, but like bringing that to the home, why was that important to you as well? Yeah, I think the first thing that I realized, especially in the pandemic, was people came to the re- recognition that like they're actually not that great at cooking and they need to cook more at home now as a result, which I totally get. But also you can't go out all the time and get these specialty. And I just found with like a lot of plant-based recipes, there's some obscure stuff in there, like stuff that you, you have to go to specialty shops. You need to know where it is. That right away, it becomes inaccessible. Maybe you can't make that trip to Kensington Market to go to a place to get a certain ingredient. So what if instead we built recipes that were just guiding principles? It's like a handful of fresh herbs. You pick the herbs. And I'll tell you maybe an herb not to put in that would taste very weird with it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it to be stuff you could get at pretty much any grocery store to some extent uh, with, with alternatives that you can sub in and play in and out. I think that's what was missing and i also i just wanted to eat vegetables like in and of themselves i didn't i personally don't want to like transform them into other things i like when people do it because it's very dazzling to me but i I lack the patience and i my brain just doesn't work like that so i don't want to make that either and i feel like the time accessibility is a big thing product accessibility is a big thing and success you just want it to be simple and i think that those were kind of the three pillars that i wanted to have is this stuff that pretty much anyone could recognize. Maybe a sunchoke you've never seen, sure. Could you use a potato for the exact same recipe? 100%. Could you use a carrot? 1,000%. Like no problem in my opinion. They're kind of built to be that way. So that way, I think when you start to see small victories in the kitchen, your vision expands. You start to, the gears start turning where you're like, this is possible. And I am a great cook. And 
maybe I can make other changes and what else can I do with it? So it's like, I just feel like before what I've seen a lot in the landscape is stuff that no one can get. Like I'm even, I would be like, I live in Toronto and like, how do I get that? Like, where, where do you get that thing from? But if I'm from Burlington, doesn't have a lot of certain foods. I didn't even know what sauerkraut was. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know, move to Toronto. Like, I was like, what is that? So it's stuff like that. Like, I think I just wanted to look at recipes and just be like, you can pretty much sub in and out anything you want. Like I, on recipes, sometimes I just start like a nut, like pick one, whatever you want. Like, I think we also forget you're cooking for yourself. If you need to go to the store to get pistachio, but you have a cupboard full of cashews, Use what you have. Use what just you use have. what you have. And it's, it's always going to be enough. And I mean that like in a physical sense, but I also mean that in like a skill set sense. Like if I can just be like, sear the broccolini till it pops at you and then it does it. And then you're like, oh my God, it popped at me. Like now I turn it. Like I want to explain stuff in like a very visceral sense. Like, mm. like I try to describe a smell or a sound or stuff like that when we're cooking. Because those are cues that you might listen for if you don't know what to look for. Like, how do you know your carrots are burning? Or how do you know it's time to turn the carrot? It's like, this happens. It looks like a golden crust coming on. And you're like, wow, okay, the golden crust is here. Time to turn it. But when it's fun language and it's accessible and it's not convoluted and it's like, I want to write recipes that are like, don't panic. Like, this is happening. Or like, you will fuck up and that's okay. Like, I, I burn shit all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So literally my fondest memory of your cooking and one of my favorite recipes that I make at home all the time. And it was something I was so intimidated of before was this like cashew cheese. We did it Mm -hmm. for like a nacho recipe that you posted. I use that cheese like all the time now. And it's like so simple and easy to make. And I never thought I'd be at home making cashew cheese. Also like I'm not vegan. I eat everything, right? But if I yeah. incorporate stuff that are like as equally delicious and even more nutritious for me and my body, it's I'm going to do it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's it's just fun to see what you can do. And I think the argument can be made. It's like, oh, it's not cheese. You're like, okay, sure. It's just cashew carrot cream. Like whatever you want to call it at the core of it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It tastes good. And like, it's just something different. You can just, you look at a carrot differently and you look at a cashew and you're oh like, my oh, God, you can make the carrots. It's always, we're always going to be back on the carrots, but that's <laughs> what I mean. Like the recipe should be simple. And that's a sign of someone who's good at making a recipe in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And okay. So what's your, we're going to like shy away from food for a little bit, but like right now, what is your like favorite meal to make when you're in a rush? It's like in a rush to eat or in a rush, or in a rush to- like you got to get out of the house like you need to make something that you're nourishing your body with what's quick and easy right yeah like tacos to me seems quick and easy for some reason like you just you chop things up you mix it together you make a little saucy sauce and you kind of like put it on and go yeah like a salad is also a very boring answer but there's infinite possibilities with salads breakfast salads that. breakfast-, breakfast salad is huge for me emotionally i think it's i think it's like yeah stuff like that like taught like a mushroom taco is the versatility is infinite the toppings that you put on are infinite it's infinitely nourishing in my opinion and you can eat it fast there's a reason it's street food i think it's really good okay wait are you a um corn or flour tortilla it's a it's a corn for me i know it's a flour for you it sounds like 100 percent. wow i go because of my stomach issues right I go to a place down the street, Maisal. I don't know if you go there. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. You're like, yeah, yeah, we've heard it before. We yeah. don't need to hear anymore. But they grow Ohawkin corn in Ontario, and it yeah. is incredible. And it is actually probably the only tortilla I will go out and buy and eat in Toronto because it's so good. I don't have those issues. So you don't have tummy no. issues. No, we already talked about how good the poops are. So we we know there's no yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to go more plant-based and then everything will just be like a 360. My my life will really just be better. It's so hard to find what works for you because everyone I think the hardest thing and the biggest thing that I notice, like particularly in plant-based wellness world, things like that, is projection of like this works for my body. So therefore outwardly, this is how I do it. And it's like, we have to pick and choose things. Like I, it's speculation and guessing and intuitive and listening to yourself and like everyone gets there, I think eventually. Yeah. You are really huge on like supporting community and advocating for like those who don't have the same access as you do. So of course, like, what are you currently like working on? Or, you know, when did you kind of realize that like, I'm in the food industry, like I can make a difference, whether it's big or small. Yeah, if we could just get into that a little bit. Totally. I think I'm pretty like, there's a lot of stuff to do and a long way to go in terms of what I want to do with supporting community and like, advocacy and, and food sovereignty and justice. And really, I was I started working with events that were doing it. Uh, like particularly, like I look to Mark Brand as as a big inspiration. But there's a lot of people who work with like Food Share and and stuff like that in, within Toronto. And I was just really curious, like who makes these decisions on who has access to food? How do you get to bend people's ear? And and what can we do about it? And the the biggest thing I found is that there are just there's so many people already doing it out there, and. I'm such an amateur in it that instead the goal was like, what if I just was able to highlight those people who are already really doing it? So be it, you know, we would do Friday night delights and portions of that would go towards certain advocacy groups focused in food justice. And it would highlight it and be like, yes, I'm going to donate, but if you want to donate more, go for it. It started building conversations and dialogues as well. Um, A lot of times I'm just like, super curious how people come up with these ideas and how they do it because I need to learn a a huge amount. But it's also when we look at food, I think it's easy to fall into the mental assumption what my food looks like and my access to food is the same as everyone. And it's like, it's, it's absolutely not. So if, you know, something as simple as like, if I'm doing an event and I need to buy an X amount, the rest goes into the community fridges, uh, stuff like that, that we can do. And I think it's, it's really small, start pathway that to me is a ladder like you need to just kind of that's a step towards something bigger and how can we start to work with like you know uh food justice organizations which even like the farm we went to is focused in food justice and you know they're brilliant in what they do so instead it's like instead of me trying to say hey this is what i think should be done instead it should be like what do you need and and how, how can, can i, I contribute to that yeah because i don't know like these people work within the communities or belong to the communities or they've heard it and they understand the needs and clarify that and distill that information into actionable steps and like until i'm ever at that situation or in that situation where i'm able to do that i don't actually really believe that i should be setting the tone or determining what that is but instead should be looking to groups it's like, oh, you need access to a large amount of food at a relatively low price. Like we can get wholesale things for you and I can give that to you so that it's possible. Or we can, you know, we can produce pre-prepared meals and then we can give them out to encampments sort of things. And 
just trying to understand it's like, what do you need from me and how can I help is kind of the biggest thing because there's so much that I don't know within the space. And and, I would love to, you know, like speaking with, with Mark brand and stuff like that. Like this is someone who has experienced houselessness, understands the needs of it and has created like a really amazing network to understand how to do it. It's the same with food share, the same with Sundance harvest, like farms and organizations, they get the needs and they know how to do it. They just need more people to get behind it and hold them up. And that to me is a bigger role. We working in food is very complicated because a lot of people can't afford to eat at a restaurant. I couldn't afford to eat at it every day. And that's, that's a reality as well. So instead I think it's like food advocacy and working with like sustainable farmers and working with people who focus on like soil nutrition and stuff like that. That's also a big part of it because that's enriching the future and those smaller communities that, that do rely on farms so much or do rely on the soil within that community. It's our responsibility to utilize that and it's our responsibility to pay it forward. Yeah. And it's also like, I think people don't realize that just uplifting and amplifying those voices are, is just as important as then doing the work. And so that's what we're doing. No, I agree. And, 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 and I think when you're in a position where you're like, I'm very new to this or relatively new, I have less information. It sounds harsh, but just like shut up and get out of the way a little bit and let people who know what they're doing, do the thing and, and watch and listen and like be respectful. This is not your world and it's not your space. And you know, if you, it's like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to get it right? It's kind of something I always think and always refer back to. And if you want to get it right, you have to like, listen and really understand and probably be wrong a lot. And be okay with that. And be, okay and be cool with it. with it. And just yeah. be like, yeah, holy, I missed the mark on that. I'm, I'm gonna open, open up that lens a little bit more and understand it. Totally. Okay. So how are you navigating taking care of yourself right now? And I'm just saying that because I know you have so much going on. Yeah. You got a toddler. Yeah, I have a tiny kid. I sleep a lot. I sleep eight hours. Okay, that's uh, like fully. I commit. I'm like a hard, like I'm a hard eight hour. I stayed out till one in the morning one time and I thought a bus hit me the next day. I was crushed. I personally am like, I'm totally sober uh, and that has worked exceptionally well for me. <laughs> I just never want to be hung over again. And uh, I mean, I your skin to- shows too. Yeah, yeah. I I look older than I am, but no. younger. No, but I look younger than I did five years ago. Okay. At the same time, like like it has done wonders for me. And I was just I was crushing my body and just running myself into the ground. And all these small changes I've made have made a big impact. And uh, I run and I I try to do my exercise. And I also I'm really into reading. What are you reading right now? I'm also, I'm reading like three books at once. What are you reading? I can't do that. That's a bit chaotic for me. I just finished The Uncanny Valley. Okay. Uh, I'm reading, a, I, I jump between books constantly. I'm reading, the, I read The Uncanny Valley. I'm reading a book called Cult X, which is weird. I don't know if I like it. I haven't finished it yet. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. The next book I have kind of lined up, uh, is called Drug Use for Grownups, uh, which I'm very curious about and understanding. Mm-hmm. I personally like, that's, yeah, I have a belief in that, even though I abstain from all. But yeah, I try to jump between subjects and really be out of my element. And, and it, I, I get my mind blown constantly. Yeah. So that I'm like, I just try to like connect with people. That to me has become like a deeply nourishing thing, like carving out more time with friends, even if it's just a phone call. Uh, I was really bad at it for a while because I was just really busy with work. Mm-hmm. Um, so spending time in the morning with my wife and kid has been deeply nourishing. 
Hey, what has being a dad taught you so far? Yeah, it taught me that uh, you love cars. I, I, oh my god, yeah, I'm such a dad now. Like, I go to Home Hardware, I like old cars. It's a classic, classic trope. Uh, it's taught me that, yeah, like you can't have control over everything, and you might not want to have control over everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you let your hands from the the back of the bike seat a little bit, and you let people kind of ride on themselves, I think you're really fascinated and blown away by what people achieve and. You know, I can't always control what Logan does. One, he's one year old. He doesn't give a shit what I think about anything. Doesn't care if I haven't slept. It's irrelevant to him. They're <laughs> egomaniacs like that. But it's also like we can't impose our force and our will on certain things because it just never works. We're, everything is going at its own pace. I also kind of learned that like, unless you start kind of working on yourself, your your worst attributes end up coming out, whether you like it or not. You can't, with a baby, you just can't hide it. Like if you're impatient or you're unempathetic, those cracks become chasms very quickly because someone's screaming in your face while they're covered in like their own poo. And, uh, it's, it's like hilarious, but it's very real. Like, so now I just, I try to be like more empathetic. I try to be like, Hey, is that kid alive? Like, that's great. The the other problems became much smaller for me. Totally. Stuff that I stressed out about work is still, uh, stuff to be solved, but not stuff to stay up grinding my teeth about all day. So I, I let go of that tension a lot. And that's also kind of been like part of self-care as well. It's just like I stopped looking outwards at the world and thought that it was depriving me of my successes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how sometimes you look at other people's success and you think that it's actually depriving your success? Yeah. I stopped. I kind of stopped doing that. And I was yeah. like, comparison truly is a thief of joy. And I was just like, I don't want that anymore. I want everyone to thrive. It's such an art form. I say an art form to be able to actually not compare yourself to someone or other people. Like it's like constant self-talk and like it's a constant reminder that you have to do it because it's so difficult right now. Like everyone's lives are just on the internet for us to see. So we're always comparing. Yeah, there's a lot of pie out there in my opinion. That's how I think about it. There's a lot of pie to get. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if someone else has some pie. We can all, there's enough sunlight. There's for all enough of us. slices for all of us to go around. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay. I want to know who has been inspiring you right now, or like if there's people, businesses, leaders, anything. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge list, but the ones that come to mind, Chef Tara Thomas, I'm, that kind of got me, I, I'm just always blown away. Like this is someone I, I follow and I'm and really captivated by, um, their presence, their tone, how they navigate the world, what they do, how they define the role of chef, I think is really fascinating. And it's like a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. I follow someone else named Rich Roll, who runs a podcast. He's also an ultra marathon runner. Mm-hmm. But what I really like about him, he seems like a genuinely inquisitive, curious person who offers a range of guests that I think are really fascinating. I just listened to one about Terry Crews and another person who came on and the person basically was talking about a mental illness they were experiencing and they were describing it. And it literally was, I was like, that's me. And I like pulled over the car. I was like, my mind was just melting out of my ears. It felt like, and I was like, I've always wondered. And like, this is the things that I'm experiencing. Like, so uh, yeah, that's someone who I just became very captivated by rich role and the people he brings on. Cause they're also, it's, he seems like a less toxic Joe Rogan. I'm just going to say it. It's like a diversity and range of humans that he brings in from all yeah. different walks of life. And like, I find that really invigorating and fascinating. Are the episodes just as long as Joe Rogan? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, they're much less being like, if a monkey smoked DMT, what would that be like? Um, they're they're very, very personally challenging to listen to in a good way. Okay, I think I'm going to check that out. Definitely. Yeah, I would recommend it. He's also a hottie, so that's nice. It helps okay. me. Okay, uh, we yeah. love that too. Uh, yeah, we love that for everyone. I'm totally spacing on the person's name right now, but uh, Train Guy from TikTok fascinating oh yeah uh, yes yeah maybe we could figure out the name but what i am really inspired by is this this like absolute raw passion and love of the thing like this is someone who is so in love with trains or whatever their life and so authentically comfortable within that that this to me is a person who's unhindered by everything and and it, it like actually brings me so much joy to see like, I'm like, this person is just loving everything that they're doing, every single thing. And that means a lot to me. It's inspiring. Yeah. And it, it makes you question, you're like, how do I get there? Or what is it that's stopping me from getting there? And why am I always in my head about posting things or putting things up or doing projects that I'm really passionate about? And I look to that and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do for that same reason. That's why it has so much success. I mean, my old chef and mentor, like Matheson, is someone that I look to from afar and then congratulate on all the successes. And I'm very captivated by everything that he does as well. And then also, honestly, just everyone in my life, like there's people that I want to have in my life for a reason and people that I'm really interested in meeting for a reason. And it's because, you know, they do the thing that they want to do and they're inspired and push themselves to do it. It's that person who like quit their job to make that passion project come alive and they're doing it every single day. Like, that shit inspires me deeply. It's, it's like they, they're put it on themselves and they're like, I can do this. And they're actually doing it. And some days you don't feel like you can, but you wake up and you do it anyways. Like mm-hmm. everyone that I want to be around and everyone that I'm around is people that I look up to. And I'm so inspired by the creativity and the passion and the intelligence. Like I love feeling like I am like, like a Neanderthal cave person in the room compared to how brilliant and shining these people are. I always say like those are the rooms that you should be in because, yeah. they, you know, they enhance your growth and like just you being the best version of yourself. But I, I yeah. also feel the same sentiment that I feel like I also am very, I'm really happy about, you know, the, the company that I keep because I feel like everyone is constantly inspiring me and motivating me because like watching them, you know, live out their dreams and passions is like yeah. incredible. Yeah, even just like you learn to be human. And I have some friends who are very old friends and they're like very human people and they're very kind. And like I learn how to be a better person from them. And it doesn't always have to be about like success driven. It can be like from a humanity sense. They're they're fascinating, totally. fantastic human. Totally. Okay. So this is a question for you, Capricorn. What? <laughs> We're both Capricorns. Matt, you're the first man Capricorn I've ever met. Really? Wow. I'm a Boxing Day baby. 27. No way. Wow. I thought you were the 25th or 23rd for some reason. I didn't know you were literally a day apart. Oh my God, I love this for us. Okay. So next five years, kind of where do you ideally see yourself? What do you want? Like blue sky scenario, like what will you be doing? Yeah, blue sky scenario. Like, okay, so i ideally would like to live a little bit further out of the city. I think we have a lot of family and a lot of friends here. So we probably will never leave Southern Ontario, which I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like not my thing, but that's, that's fine. I also get it with our connections here that are very deep for us. And and it means a lot that we're here. And especially when you have a child, 
I would love to live more in the country. I, I basically want to wake up to like silence and go to bed in silence. But I also love the city because I walk around, I see people that I love and my friends randomly and I bump into them. And it, it, that also does bring me joy. So there's a bit of tug and pull there. What I want to be working on, I, I want to be able to say no to certain things, not like, you know, I don't want to be able to have to take things on for financial reasons. I want to be able to say like, you know what, I don't want to do that. Or I only want to be selective on what I work on. That to me would mean a lot. I would really love to get more into food justice or food advocacy in some capacity, be it through the restaurant or be it through working with organizations and stuff like that, building, making vegetables and nutritional food more accessible for individuals would mean a lot to me. And, and be it working with larger companies that are able to enable that or um, funding and stuff. I don't know what that looks like, but that's really what I would love to work on. Like I want to get more. Yeah. You don't need to know exactly what it looks like. But yeah. I want to get more abstract in terms of my role within the restaurant. And I want to build more restaurants because I, I do think that we capture something that's really special and unique here. But I also then want to use that as a, a dual purpose. And I think, you know, I look at, I look at like Ruru Bake down the road and I'm just like, they just nail it for me in terms of what it means to be like embedded within the community that is also working within food and showing that there's a model that is different and it's possible. Uh, and I find that really captivating and like really invigorating for that same reason. So I'd like to kind of try to do the same as best I can mm -hmm. and, and make some weird dinners. That's what <laughs> Hopefully I can eat them. Um, thank you. I'm so honored that we got to kind of like sit down and have this conversation and, you know, introduce you to my community and vice versa. For those listening, you can find Matt, if you're in Toronto, majority of listeners are American, <laughs> but if and when you are in Toronto, you must visit Gia. Yeah, I mean, you can even just invite me to your restaurant and we'll come cook food together and I'll yeah. come to America. But I'm dying to come through. I literally will in the next couple of weeks, I promise. I want that pasta so badly. There's so many. Pasta is life. The, yeah, pasta is incredible. So you can find him at Gia Toronto. You can find him on at the Dirty Raven. <laughs> on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, maybe Twitter. I don't remember if I have it still. Yeah, his content is incredibly like refreshing and fun and you'll literally learn how to cook something, which is the best. I love that. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, anything else you want to sign off on? Uh, no, just eat your damn veggies. That's it. Love it. <laughs>